If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Election College, Episode 206, George M. Dallas. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben, I immediately wonder who shot JR when I think of Dallas. Yeah. You're old, and so that's before my time. Wow. Yeah. I just went right there immediately. Thanks. Um, I I understood the reference just because I have an old soul, but uh, very little of that did I understand. You are an old soul. I am. (laughs) Probably because of cousins like you. Thanks. Uh, George Mifflin Dallas. He was born on July 10th, 1792. And if you have a last name that includes the word Mifflin in it, well, you're going to be from Pennsylvania because Mifflin. Like Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same same family. (laughs) (laughs) So George's dad, and just in case you don't know why we're talking about George Mifflin Dallas, it's because you don't know a lot about American history, Mm -hmm. like us about uh, a week ago. True. Yeah. So anyway, George Mifflin Dallas, he was born in... Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His dad was from Jamaica, and he was the Secretary of the Treasury under President Madison, and also served as the Secretary of War for a time. George Dallas, he was pretty well connected there from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. And you you mentioned Thomas Mifflin, or you mentioned the, the Mifflin name. George was actually named after Thomas Mifflin, who was uh, a politician, of course, and was good friends with good old dad. Uh, So that's how he gets his name. Dallas was actually the second of six children. We're starting to see these numbers slide. Remember a couple episodes ago, we were talking about somebody and they had like 462 siblings. And now we're all the way down to six. But Alexander, his uh, one of his brothers, ends up becoming the uh, the commander of the Pensacola Navy Yard, which is a pretty big deal if you are the commander of a Navy Yard. And uh, the family was pretty well off from the get go. Uh, they lived in a mansion, and they lived. Uh, they had a second home out in the countryside, and he was privately educated. He went to a bunch of Quaker run schools, and uh, you know, basically, he had whatever he wanted. Uh, He also went to Princeton. Before it was Princeton, he went to the College of New Jersey and gets highest honors. So this guy is no joke. George Mifflin Dallas is a bit of a brain, uh, a bit of a a wealthy aristocrat son, I guess you could say. And he's always been interested in politics. Oh, and just as an aside, he gets into studying some law. No way. I know. It's weird. Yeah. So in 1813, he's admitted to the bar and we don't talk about not that kind of bar. Well, the bar. Right. Yeah, the bar. He yeah. might have been admitted to both. We don't know. You never know. Yeah. 
I mean, he was an attorney and all. True. So, so like a lot of lawyers, Dallas says in his mind, okay, now I've got this law degree and I'm admitted to the bar, but guess what? I hate this profession. <laughs> and he decides that he wants to fight in the War of 1812, and his dad says, no, you're not going to do that. So after responding positively to his dad's negative view of the War of 1812, (laughs) or at least serving in the War of 1812, Dallas decides to go with Albert Gallatin to Russia, and he tries to secure peace between Great Britain and the United States. While he's in Russia, he's like, hey, this is... Some good stuff going on over here. I'm I like being a the diplomat. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's there for about six months. And then his country says, hey, George, go to London and try to resolve this issue going on with the British diplomatically. And uh, by the time 1814 rolls around, he comes back to the United States. I think he might have failed a little bit. He did. Yeah, that's... on that Mm -hmm. anyway he comes back to washington in 1814 and helps deliver a draft of the peace agreement between great britain and the united states so he comes back to the u.s and james madison is president and he's like hey uh dallas i think you should be the remitter of the treasury and this just so happens to work out nicely or not so nicely i don't know how you want to put it because dallas's father is the secretary of the treasury. So um, the, the job doesn't take a whole lot of time, and Dallas is able to more focus on politics and uh, a little bit of the law, but mostly he's interested in the political scene. And he ends up becoming the chief counsel or the, the counsel to the Second Bank of the United States. Uh, that whole mess, we see how that worked out. And uh, a little while later, Dallas's father passes away. And at one point, there had been some discussion about maybe when I get back from over yonder, we'll start up a family law practice, and uh, you know this will be a great, prestigious point of view. And uh, that doesn't happen because, well, his dad dies. Yeah. For some reason, I thought of the word hither and yon. Hither and yon. If we ever write a book, that's multiple words, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A phrase. Yeah. Hither and yon. So, and I, I wonder just. Possibly. Do you think he ran into the queue this time? Like, Probably. I think they had a pretty good good son of famous people thing going on. Yeah. They're diplomats. They had you, a, there was a private club. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do if you're the kid of a founding father? Yeah. You go to Russia. This, <laughs> the, the, the club was called Our Dads Are Disappointed in Us, <laughs> but we still try hard. <laughs> a lot of people joined. <laughs> So if you know anything about the Democratic Party in Pennsylvania after the War of 1812, you will know that there's a couple of factions. And these factions included the Family Party, which sounds so nice, doesn't it? Does it does sound really nice. And they come from that city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. And Dallas heads this faction. And what this faction believed, if a faction can believe something, members of the faction, members of the faction. believe that the Constitution of the United States was it. Like, that's the bomb diggity of any document. It reigns supreme. And that a strong national government should implement protective tariffs and be 
uh, in control of the banking system, and it's all about building commerce and that type of thing. The other faction, which I love the name, <laughs> the Amalgamators. It, that sounds like if you're going to have a business group, uh-huh. like we're going to become the Amalgamators. Yeah. Not a professional football team or something. Or if like you have to go to the dentist and get a cavity filled, they're like, do you want the this or do you want the Amalgam? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the Amalgamator. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, that group was headed by James Buchanan. You all know him. <laughs> okay, so people from Philadelphia are not going to like this, Ben. Just uh-huh. a heads up. Okay. Because Dallas is going to become the mayor of Philadelphia. That's really confusing. It might be confusing. This is not having anything to do with Cowboys and Eagles. Right. Which I have no dog in that fight. Oh. Dog in the hunt. I mean, everybody hates Dallas. What are you talking about? Oh, do they? Yeah. I don't think people from Dallas hate Dallas. Oh, no. Even some people from Dallas are like, really? Really? I don't know. I hate Dallas. Oh. Yeah. You hate Dallas? Not the not the city, just the, the team as an entity. Oh. Yeah, not a specific person or anything like that. You have to. Like, even if you don't like football, you have to. It's just popular to hate I Dallas. I totally divorced the NFL, and I don't care. <laughs> so, anyway, um, the good people of Philadelphia decide, hey, Dallas, I mean, you know, George Dallas. Right. We like you. Not the city. Come. Come. And be our mayor. And he is like, sure, why not? Yeah. And what does any good mayor of Philadelphia whose last name is Dallas do? They say, bah. This is boring. (laughs) So, yeah, he becomes the attorney for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. Later that year, he ends up running and becoming the senator from Pennsylvania. And there was another senator who had resigned, so he runs, and there's a complicated ballot contest that's going on and anyway he gets there he serves less than 15 months and uh during that time though he becomes the chairman of the committee on naval affairs which just sounds like one extra department yeah like where it sounds like we already have a department to cover that but anyway this one was just more specific (laughs) and dallas was like ah you know what the whole second bank of the united states thing really kind of bugging me. My wife really likes Philadelphia and doesn't want to leave, so I'm not going to run for a second term. Um, sorry, that that's that's fine now. Of course, you know, later on, he doesn't really care what his wife thinks, of course, but at this time, he does, and he, he goes back to practicing law. He becomes the Attorney General of Pennsylvania for a couple years. He is the Grand Master of the Freemasons in Pennsylvania. He becomes the Envoy Extraordinary and the Minister Plenipotentiary to Russia, as appointed by Martin Van Buren, who's president at the time. And then he's like, eh, I'm kind of bored of this too. Could you bring me back, Marty? And Marty's like, sure, I guess. Uh, how about, would you like attorney general? And he goes, nah, I think I'll just go back to practicing law. And uh, just because you've been so good to me, Marty, I'm going to help you become the president again. Yeah, he gets the nomination over James Buchanan, which that's kind of big. It's a little bit big. Kind yeah. of big thing. Ben, I just like to hear you say plenipotentiary. I'm not I'm not good at it. I have to actually think about it. But the less I think about it, the better I think I say it. I mean, everybody, let's can you say plenipotentiary? I struggle with that word. Yeah. It's tough. Because it, it does it's it's not real. It's not based on any base words we already know. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the root of that is. Somebody in our audience knows that and they're gonna Google it. Or they may not know it, and they're going to Google it, and then they're going to tweet us. Hopefully. 
So, in 1844... <laughs> that way we can know. <laughs> so, in 1844, the former extraordinary and minister... See, now I can't even say it. Sorry. Dallas. <laughs> he uh, is chilling out at home. And uh, Polk and Silas Wright are nominated for the Democratic ticket. And Wright's like, hey... I don't want to do this because I just don't. And the good delegates at the convention say, hey, we know this guy named Dallas. Let's approach him. So they sent a team over to his house in Philadelphia and say, hey, George, George Mifflin, you know, yeah, Mr. Dallas, come be our candidate. Eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys woke me up in the middle of the night. Coming here into Philadelphia. And then you're like, come be the vice president. I'm like, okay. So he ends up going and and they end up winning the popular vote by not such a large margin, 1.5%. And they win the electoral votes by getting 170 votes out of 275, which was enough to win at that point. And we have a whole episode about that election. So go back and check out the 1844 election episode. We don't talk about Dallas a whole lot in that episode because we could see it into the future and mm -hmm. obviously knew we were going to have this episode about him what, two years later. Yeah. Yeah, that was the reason. It's cosmic and amazing. <laughs> or, or it was just because there wasn't a whole lot about him to say. So everybody, you remember how I have said often, and I'll repeat it again, that the Senate is pretty important. And as the vice president, you are the president of the Senate. And then as, when I think about this era of our history, we have these powerful senators a lot. In a lot of states, we remember the senators from this era more than we remember the president. True. Even. I mm -hmm. know here in Kentucky, we remember uh, Henry Clay. You can't not. Big time yeah. over some of the presidents from this era. And Dallas understands that the Senate is pretty important. You got a lot of influential people there and he takes the reins as president of the senate and he as the presiding officer there casts several tie-breaking votes probably the biggest one was the annexation of the Oregon territory and all of that territory that the united states decided to annex as a result of the mexican-american <laughs> war yeah he plays a pretty influential role in that body to make sure those things happen. The one thing he wanted to do more than anything is to make sure Buchanan doesn't get to be secretary of state. And he's tried to block that, but there wasn't enough opposition to really help him out because, well, Polk wants Buchanan as secretary of state and he gets his man. Yeah. So if you remember Polk, it was pretty controversial that he became president mm -hmm. and you're just going to have to go back and listen to that episode. You're welcome. One of our better episodes, probably. Oh, good. They're all good. I don't know about that. <laughs> know, but, you know, we all remember James Polk uh, and that election. If you don't, we talked about him yeah. not too long ago, too. Anyway, James Polk is like, I'm only going to serve one term just so everybody is happy. So Dallas decides that he wants to run for president, but he is a big proponent of popular sovereignty. You all know what that means, right? Mm -hmm. That that territory can decide what they want to do. And this was not very popular in the North. So like Polk, his time there in Washington ends 
1849 because they were defeated. Yeah. One thing to note about Dallas is that his kind of goal in the Senate was to make sure he could lower as many tariffs as possible and even get rid of some of them if needed. That was like his whole thing. And because he felt a little bit maybe powerless, he decided to use his position as the president of the Senate to kind of block Congress from doing things. So a lot of times he would cast these tie-breaking votes because he wanted a specific outcome or because he was really looking forward to having an impact because, hey, he's the vice president. They don't have a lot of impact. And so even though he was very much anti-tariff, this tariff helped Pennsylvania a lot. And so when your own state isn't behind you because you destroyed something that helps them a lot, it really sends you downhill quickly. So, yeah, they don't they don't do so well in the in the re-election. Or he doesn't do so well in the vie for the re-election. Yeah, so you don't hear a lot about George Dallas in modern times, but you hear a good bit about James Buchanan. And what you need to know is if you're James Buchanan, George Dallas is kind of like, for some reason I'm thinking of Newman on Seinfeld. He just kind of appears. You know what's really weird? I thought of Dr. Robotnik from the Sonic games. No idea why, because it doesn't. it's not based on reality at all. He's the bad guy. It, literally, you said the rival, and I thought Dr. Robotnik. Did you? It's weird. I thought of, like, okay, so there's I haven't played Sonic in character. 10 years. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Your old soul and my old body. Um, that, there's the difference there. Yeah. So anyway, so for those of you who are, I don't know, 37 and higher, mm-hmm. who would listened to or watched Seinfeld all the time, you know, Newman just kind of appeared every now and then. It was like, hello, Jerry. (laughs) Um, Newman. Anyway, uh, George Dallas, he's kind of like that for James Buchanan. They just cross paths throughout their lives. And uh, again, remember this. If there's nothing that you remember from this podcast, remember Dallas, he's the family party. Buchanan, He's from the Amalgamators, and they go head-to-head quite a bit. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny how Pennsylvania politics transfers onto the national scene oh, definitely. later on in yeah. this. So, also, Amalgamators, besides sounding like a dental routine, sounds really intimidating. Like, would you rather be a part of the family party or the Amalgamators? Yeah. Like, if you think if you add aiders onto the end of any word. Also, about Seinfeld, I'm way off topic here. Uh, I have, before streaming was like popular, I got the entire box set from, uh-huh. um, my ex-girlfriend actually. And, uh, the box set comes with the coffee table, coffee table book, like the coffee table book really? about coffee tables. No way. Oh yeah. It's awesome. That is awesome. It's pretty cool. Sorry. Derailed. Back on track. <laughs> so, uh, you've got the amalgamators and the family party. They're, they're going at it. So where this battle really comes to a head is in 1834, where James Buchanan, he comes back to Pennsylvania from Russia. I wonder what the Russians were thinking. Do you think they had any influence in this? Probably. Probably a lot. I bet you they did. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) he comes back in 1834 from Russia, Buchanan that is, and he gets elected as a senator from Pennsylvania. In 1849, Dallas is finished being vice president. He goes back to Philly and enjoys life as a private citizen. 
Yeah, he lives until the age of 72, 1864, uh, which is a interesting time for our nation, obviously, yeah. and dies from a heart attack. And he's buried in St. Peter's Churchyard, and it's kind of the end. Didn't have a really complicated death, kind of a, you know, a death that many older people have, or younger people really too, and nothing too complicated or interesting. Weird. Yeah. After he's like kind of controversial and kind of blends into the background at the same time. Yeah. He just kind of goes out. I wonder if he just ignored everything because it was probably frustrating for him to see his political rival be elected. Oh, yeah. As president. I would say frustrating is probably an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and just to see what happened as a result of the Buchanan presidency and, and so on. But anyway, that could be a conversation for all of you to have. Uh, interestingly enough, Dallas County, Texas, mm-hmm. named after George M. Dallas. Well, he did help annex it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the city of Dallas, Yeah, it's not clear. It could have been named after a member of his family. It could have been any number of things, but they are a little fuzzy. Could have been after the TV show. I think it might have been. Yeah. It should be Dallas in Ewing County. Hey, big announcement. We're getting our own TV show, Election College, the television show. That's not true. It's not true. It'd be a lot of work, too. (laughs) It's like a crazy (laughs) amount of work. Uh, Nobody knows about us enough to give us a TV show. Actually, they probably we we have a lot of people who know about us, but bear with me here. So you should go over to iTunes and leave us a review so that more people can know about us and how great we are. If you go over to electioncollege.com slash iTunes, it'll take you right to our page, or you can just search on your podcast app or whatever. Leave us a review iTunes is the main place that people hear about us, judging by our statistics and our numbers and uh, podcast in general. So we would really appreciate it if you gave them a little more incentive to download our show and uh, listen to it. Yeah. And just so you know, and this may not be correct by the time this is published, but you would be the 100th review. Oh, wow. So I don't know what that gets you. Right. But you will be number 100 and that would be awesome and yes we promise we will do the happy dance if we get 100 reviews so there's wow there's gonna be a ton of people rushing to get that title mm. it I, might be. I'd, I'd hate to be last <laughs> <laughs> and you said rushing and we were talking about russia oh man oh man i'm, I'm so clever <laughs> so we'd love to interact with you over on social media we are on facebook twitter and instagram at election college Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.